Today's reading are from Matthew and Luke. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 22. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 70 times seven times. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, honestly, we can be honest with you. Stir up in our minds and push aside everything that says, no, we cannot be honest with you, God, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer. Help us to trust in your holy name we pray. Amen. Drop the rock is an expression used by many different groups of letting go. Letting go some of something that has become such a huge burden Sometimes that burden even transfers into pleasure. I love being angry at this, so I'm going to hold on tighter. I love being mad at that, so I hold on tighter. So the phrase, drop the rock, is an understanding that it might take finger by finger by finger to let go. I first discovered this phrase when I was invited to accompany someone to an AA meeting. And the phrase was used. I had not associated it with anything other than get over it. And the details of drop the rock were so intricate that I was blown away. It was used to describe the release from codependency something we would never do, of course. Release from self-hatred. We would never do that. Release from wishing that or that had not happened. Drop the rock. An exercise, a visual image of letting go, even though it may take a lifetime of practicing. I've used the phrase, drop the rock, but most frequently, most frequently, it was used with those who struggle with anxieties over tensions, problem solving that they cannot solve, but need to release their sense of control. Situations out of control that we tend to hold onto. Drop the rock becomes an exercise of naming, and releasing something that we have let 
control us. Or something over which we have no control, but it still stays in our mind. The image of dropping the rock applies very much to today's theme of practicing forgiveness. To which you immediately want to say, who, me? Of course I practice forgiveness. I'm excellent at it. In our two short scriptures, Jesus seems at first glance to hand us not a rock to drop, but a boulder to hold on to and then drop. It's, it's almost as if it's an opposite of drop the rock. Here's a burden about forgiving 70 times, seven, 490 times. Hold on to this because you're supposed to do this. It seems the opposite. But you probably already know, Jesus is retelling Genesis chapter 4. Do you know this already? I'm not sure. You're knowing. Oh, I might know something you don't know. This is so awesome. If you read Genesis chapter 4, a descendant of Cain, who was notorious in chapter 4, has somebody wrong him. And he strikes out in vengeance and says, as Cain was avenged seven times, I shall seek vengeance seven times seventy. Oh, that often. Now, Jesus, in what Lee read to us, didn't say that to Peter, doesn't quote Lamech. He just reverses it. That's how often you're going to forgive not count your vengeance, not practice your vengeance. That's what you are going to do to forgive. Now, to make yourself feel better, please imagine Peter's response. Are you kidding me? That's not what you're supposed to say. You were supposed to clap me on the back for being good enough to forgive seven times. I mean, that is huge. That's not where Jesus is going. He is reversing the social pattern of vengeance, of holding a grudge of holding hate in our hearts and making it a practice instead that we practice a practice of forgiveness that we do instead of vengeance it doesn't mean we're released from the opportunity to count grudges against somebody else or something else it means we have a standard bearer who said i forgive you And I give you this gift of forgiving others. Can you practice it? Now that lovely phrase from the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave to us, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This is not conditional. It is the gift of God that we share forgiveness with others, not based on them forgiving us. The forgiveness comes from God. That's a divine action. Our practicing forgiveness is our gift from God. Now, the only people I know who speak easily of forgiveness are those who have had to practice it because of atrocities put upon them. So when somebody like Desmond Tutu speaks of forgiveness, 
I slow down because the world that he experienced bears no resemblance to a world I have experienced. So Archbishop Desmond Tutu, as the chairperson of the South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, the author of the Forgiveness Project, and who wrote with his daughter, Umfo Tutu, a book I adore, the Book of Forgiving. And it's amazing because it's thin, where the clinical book on forgiveness that I have, helping clients to forgive, is this thick, and I think the font is 10. And I love it because it helped me detail out all of the emotional steps we have to go through to even get to the end of the book where I haven't gotten yet. So I'd like just to stay with Desmond Tutu and leave the clinicians over here. He writes, wrote, to forgive is not just an altruist, is not just to be altruistic. It is the best form of self-interest. It is also a process that does not exclude hatred and anger. These emotions are all part of being human. Sometimes we, I'm, I'm, this is me now, sometimes we look at the fact that I'm angry or I actually feel hate, therefore I haven't forgiven. Be easier on yourself, he writes. However, when I talk of forgiveness, I mean the belief that you can come out the other side a better person. You can come out the other side of forgiveness, which does not make forgiveness that much easier, but listen to who's speaking. A better person than the one being consumed by anger and hatred. Remaining in that state locks you in a state of victimhood, making you almost dependent upon the perpetrator. No matter how small or large the offense is, if you can find it in yourself to forgive, then you are no longer chained to the perpetrator. In a 2014 article in The Guardian, Tutu wrote, Forgiveness is not dependent on the actions of others. Forgiveness takes practice, honesty, open-mindedness, and a willing, even if it is a wary willingness, to try and try again. It is not easy. Perhaps you have already tried to forgive someone and you just couldn't do it. Perhaps you, are, you have forgiven and the person did not show remorse or change their behavior. But you will find yourself unforgiving again and again if you look at their reaction to determine what you will do. It is perfectly normal to feel disappointment and therefore want to hurt again. But hurting another rarely satisfies. Retaliation gives, at best, only momentary respite from pain, and then the pain increases. Until we can forgive, we remain locked in pain and locked out of the possibility of experiencing healing and freedom. Forgiveness is in your self-interest. Does it take steps, practice, sometimes help, sometimes conversations, sometimes practicing exercises? Yes, for your freedom. 
Forgiveness is often reduced to a gross offense. But it is really the tiny things that build up, that disappoint us, that interrupt our hopes, that get in our way of building up, that then becomes a pain that pushes us back down. Because we don't want to face what hurts. Yet in facing what hurts, writes Desmond Tutu, who faced apartheid and the atrocities, named them, spoke them out loud, and encouraged others to do the same thing because of the healing practice. And then the realization in the fourth step in his book, the book of forgiving, is if you cannot reconcile with the one who has offended you, they've moved, they've passed away, they don't see their offense. There's the beauty of dropping the rock, my word, not Tutu's word, of releasing. I cannot fix this, but I can forgive. Desmond and his daughter, Mufu, wrote this poem, and I will end with this. The title of the poem, this isn't Craig's, he did his own, it was fantastic, and I was too scared to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. The prayer before the prayer. The prayer before the prayer. I want to be willing to forgive, but I dare not ask for the will to forgive. In case you give it to me, I am not ready yet. I am not ready for my heart to soften. I am not ready to be vulnerable to hurt again. I am not yet ready to see that there is humanity in my tormentor's eyes, or that the one who hurt me may also have cried. I am not ready for the journey. I am not yet interested in the path. I am in the prayer before the prayer of forgiveness. Grant me the will to forgive. Grant it to me, not yet, but soon. Can I even form the words, I forgive? Dare I even look? Amen.